What a joy and privilege it is to be in the Lord's house this morning. Are you happy to be in God's house this morning? Amen, amen. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This is the first, amen, this is the first Sunday of a brand new year, a new de decade. God has phenomenal, phenomenal plans, and we get to be a part of it. See, y'all don't know when to get excited. Wow. I just hope that I'm not more excited about what God is going to do in and through this place than you're excited about what God is going to do in and through this place. But if I am, I'm excited enough for you. So I do bid you good morning, happy new year, and God is at work. Well, we've got a long way to go and a short time to get there, so if you've got your copy of God's Word, I'm going to invite you to join me in Exodus chapter 14. And while you're turning there, let me just usher, whisper a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for the privilege that is ours, the privilege to be in this high holy place, the privilege to be called sons and daughters of the Most High God, for the privilege of seeing a brand new year, a brand new decade. God, we're grateful. And now, Lord, as we have gathered together to lift our voices in song, to pray together, to read your word together, now, Lord, as we turn our attention toward your word, speak, Lord Jesus. Do whatever you have to do in us, through us, and even in spite of us. So God, there's somebody here who's come seeking answers. The end of their rope of hope. Will you remind them of your overwhelming love for, you, for them today? And even as we have just celebrated in song that it was because of the cross that we are alive. It is because of the sacrifice that you made on our behalf. May we not take that sacrifice for granted. But with attitudes of gratitude and hearts filled with praise, we will worship you. We will be all in with you because your desire is to see the world come to faith in Jesus Christ. And so God, will you use us to that end for the glory of Jesus' name, amen. By now, I hope you have arrived at Exodus chapter 14. Will you look with me beginning at the 21st verse? Uh, I'm going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word. Exodus chapter 14, beginning at the 21st verse. I know our reading this morning will be a bit extensive, but I've got good news. By the time I've read it, I'll almost be through with the sermon. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back 
by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horsemen, horsemen, horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and troubled the army of the Egyptians. He took off their chariots, the wheels of their chariots, so that they drove them with a difficulty. And the Egyptians said, don't miss this, let us free flee from the, pre from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and their horsemen. And Moses did it. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, not so much as one of them remained. But the children of Israel walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on the right hand and on the left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw Egyptians dead on the seashore. Then Israel saw the great works which the Lord had done in Egypt, so the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Amen. That is the reading of God's word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The children of Israel are a people in transition. Connection point is a people in transition. And on this first Sunday of 2020, I stopped by on my way to heaven to give some good news. And that is simply this, God can be trusted. Because we serve a God who has the ability to not only bring us to but he also has the power to take us through. 
And if you hear nothing else that I say to you this morning, it is this simple and profound message that our God can be trusted. Transition is defined as the process or the period of changing from one state or condition to another. That's where you are. You are in the process, the period where God is transitioning. God is moving you from one degree to the next degree. And the good news in the midst of the transition, God can be trusted. I think that's significant. Because the last time that I was with you, I told you that while change can be difficult, it is. Change is necessary. Because while God invites us to come to him as we are, God's intent is never that we would stay as we are. And so even as we have transitioned from 2019 to this new year and this next decade, God's desire is that you and I would be growing emotionally and spiritually and not just physically. Somebody's going to get that on the way home because a whole lot of us are growing physically. There's more of us now than there's ever been before. But even as you and I are growing physically, God's desire is that we would grow spiritually and emotionally and even relationally because we are a people in transition. It's true individually, but it's also true congregationally because Connection Point is a church in transition. And I am fully convinced that God wants to do something unique and different in this place. I am convinced that God wants to do something perhaps that he hadn't done before. And he wants to use us. See, I don't... So after 430 years, the children of Israel are now a people in transition. They have marched out of Egypt. They are pressing toward the land of promise, the land that was promised to their forefather Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12. They're led by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The children of Israel are on the move. Moses is leading the entourage, but I told you last time where God was trying to take the children of Israel was bigger than who Moses was. And while Moses is leading the entourage, 
He's led by God. Remember last time I was with you, you better make sure God is leading you. Understand that God can be exactly what you need him to be. Don't be naive. You have an enemy who will continue to pursue after you. But when you get in trouble, you've got somebody you can call on and rest with the assurance of knowing that God's got your back. Y'all remember that? That in that sermon, we were reminded that we have a God who will lead us, who will go before us, who will protect us. And this is just another reminder on this side of 2020 that our God can be trusted, that the God who brings us to the Red Sea has the power to take us through the Red Sea. And the same God who brought us to 2020 has the ability to take us through 2020. Now, I know that don't excite y'all, but that still excites me. The children of Israel are not exactly sure where they're going. All they know is that God is leading them. And so while I declare to you that God can be trusted, here's three things that I really want you to know. God proved to them that he could be trusted by the way he led his people. Now, I know the scripture that I read to you didn't seem to give you that indication that God was leading his people. But when you look at the text even clearly, a little bit clearer, you find out that the children of Israel were exactly where God wanted them to be. So here's lesson number one. God proves that he can be trusted by the way he led his people. You don't believe me. The first verse of the 14th chapter, look at what it says. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Peharoth, before Migdal and the sea opposite Baal you shall camp before it by the sea. So when the children of Israel are now experiencing opposition and obstacle in these latter verses that I read in your hearing, you might think that the children of Israel are not where God told them to be. But first verse, second verse tells us that God had instructed Moses and the children of Israel to camp by the sea important. That's important because many of us, if we're not careful, we will think that at the first sign of trouble and struggle, it must mean that we're not living according to God's word. Sometimes, if we're not careful, We'll think that when the storm winds of life begin to blow in our lives, we must not be exactly where God told us to be. But the children of Israel were exactly where God told them to get. So what do you do? When you're where God told you to be, doing what God told you to do, 
and you still experience opposition. What do you do? When you say you're all in, and yet sometimes life tries to knock the life out of you. You rest in the assurance of knowing that God is leading you. That's significant. Connection point, make sure God is leading you. So God proves to the children of Israel that he can be trusted because he leads his people. In fact, if you look at the story in its totality, the children of Israel really didn't handle it wisely all the time. In fact, if you read their story over and over again, how they responded to opposition, they criticized, they complained, and they murmured. Just like us. You know, just the same way we do. In fact, over and over again, when you look at the journey that the children of Israel were on, over and over again, whenever they experienced hardship, whenever they experienced obstacles, whenever they experienced opposition, the first thing they did was criticize leadership and complain about where they were. Hello, somebody. In fact, we see it right here in the first verses, in the 14th verses. Look at this, in the 13th verses, 13th verse of the 14th chapter. Or look at the 12th verse. 12th verse of the 14th chapter. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, let us, let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. That's them criticizing and complaining. But look at how Moses responds. Moses says to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. So Moses responds to the criticism, complaining of the people. But what I like most about this text, that even after Moses speaks, God has something he wants to say. You don't believe me, look at the text. The 15th verse says, now Lord spoke and said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. God has something he wants to say even to Connection Point this morning, and that is simply go forward. Amen. 
the children of Israel are going forward and they're being led by the Lord. God proves he can be trusted by the way he leads his people. Listen, my friend, realize this, that just because we are where God told us to be, doing what God called us to do, does not mean we are exempt from the hardships and heartbreaks of life. In fact, many times God will use opposition and obstacles to grow us, to remind us of who he is and his power. That's why you don't rely on technology too much. (laughs) So lesson number one, God proves that he can be trusted by the way he led his people. But not only that, God proves he can be trusted by the way he fought for his people. In fact, we read in your hearing verses 21 through 31, and even their enemies recognized that God was fighting on their behalf. Because as the Egyptians pursued after them, the 24th verse says, now it came to pass in the morning, watch, that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the, water, troubled the armies of the Egyptians. And here it is, he made life difficult for him, for them. And then the children of or the Egyptians in verse 25 says, listen, let's flee from this place. Let's flee from these people. Let's flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Now, I know you don't get excited about that, but I love the idea of knowing that I have a God who not only leads me, but also fights for me. Because there are some battles in this life that you need some help with. There are some struggles in this life that you can't fight on your own. You need the power of God working in you and through you that you might be able to defeat your enemy. And right here in Exodus chapter 14, we see God intervening on behalf of his people. He is working on their behalf because two things, God not only is trying to prove to their enemies that they are his people, but he's also trying to prove to his people that they are his people. Because God will use oppositions not only to prove to the enemies who God is, but God has the ability to use those things to encourage and to remind us of his overwhelming love for us. And so God is fighting on behalf of his people. There are some battles you can't fight all by yourself. I didn't plan on going here, but I'll I'll share it with you. I've got four sisters. I don't have any brothers. 
But in the neighborhood that I grew up, there were some big bullies in the neighborhood. Because I didn't have any big brothers, they thought that I was easy pickings. But I had some sisters that were meaner than any brothers any, on anything. And I'm not proud of it. I had a sister who was meaner than anybody in the whole neighborhood. And she'd fight for me. I know I ought to be embarrassed to admit it. But there's some battles in this world that you can't fight by yourself. Sin was a battle that you and I could not fight on our own. Because we have not the ability to fight this battle of sin, God intervened. We just came out of celebrating the first advent. That is that God came and dwelt among us. And during the first advent, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ because he came to save us from our sins. And in the first advent, we celebrate because during that season and because of the first advent, we were saved from the, pre- from the power of sin and the penalty of sin. And we were saved from the penalty of sin and we were saved through the Holy Spirit, through the power of sin, that we have the ability to live victorious over sin because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. That's first advent. But we eagerly anticipate the coming of the second advent because he is coming again. And when he comes again, we will be defeated or we would be delivered from the presence of sin. We've already been delivered from the penalty and power, but one glad morning, we will all be delivered from the presence of sin. Listen, my friends, we can trust him because he leads us. We we can trust him because he fight for us. Songwriter says it like this, living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified and freed me forever and one day he's coming back. Oh, glorious day. Now, I understand some of y'all, not gonna, it's not going to be a glorious day, but I'm looking forward to that day when I've been not only delivered from the presence or from the penalty of sin, but the power of sin, and then I'll be delivered from the presence of sin. And in the presence of a holy God, worship him for all eternity. Listen, my friends, God can be trusted. of how he leads his people, how he fights for his people. But thirdly, God can be trusted because of how he saved his people. It's right here in the text. After he delivers the children of Israel, 
Your Bible says in the 30th verse, so the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And while they celebrate the fact that God saved them from an earthly enemy, we can celebrate because God saved us. The fact that God himself stepped out of eternity down into time, became a man to save us from our sins. And whoever places their faith and trust in this Jesus can be saved from the penalty power and one day the presence of sin. I'm excited. I serve a God who saved me. So the children of Israel reminded that God can be trusted because he led them. And even though they were experiencing the hardships and the heartbreaks, the opposition, they knew that they were exactly where God told them to be. But even though they were where God told them to be, they didn't always handle it because they criticized and they complained. And somehow God has told me to tell you, don't be like the children of Israel. Because though you're in this season between where you were and where God is trying to take you, and there's some uncertainty in this season, and some of you have been wondering, what about our next Moses? When are they going to tell us who our next Moses is going to be? Listen, where God is trying to take connection point is bigger than Moses. That during this season, listen, during this season of transition, I believe God is calling you to recalibrate some things to evaluate your hearts, to determine whether or not you're all in or not, whether or not you're committed to do what God wants to do, to evaluate whether or not you're willing to come off the sidelines and get involved in the game. Calling you to pray harder. Calling for you to give more diligently. Calling for you to dust off your gifts and your talents and get involved. Because you matter. 
And so just like the children of Israel were, 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 were reminded that God could be trusted because of how he leads them, how he fights for them, and how he saves them, that's the message I believe is for Connection Point to be reminded of this morning because God knows exactly who you are and where you are. And if you are being led by him, I'm here to tell you that there is no secret what God can do. So the question is simple. Because what I like about this text, what I like about this passage is when the children of Israel recognized that God was leading them, that God was fighting for them, that God had saved them. What I like most about this passage of Scripture is how the children of Israel responded to the faithfulness of God. Look at the text. Your Bible says in the 31st verse that after Israel saw the great works which the Lord had done in Egypt, the people feared the Lord, believed the Lord, and his servant Moses. So when the children of Israel were reminded of their history and reminded of their victories, they responded with reverence and fear. They responded with reverence and trust. They said, God's proven himself. Because God has proven himself, we fear him. Now this word fear is really not this fearful fear as much as it is this reverential fear. It is them recognizing that God is God and we are not. And because God is God, we ought to worship him. We ought to be all in for him. We ought to serve him because he's God. Listen, my friends, God is good because God is God. And because God is good, we ought to serve him with everything we have. God is not only good when everything in life is going well for you. God is good even when life is difficult. When you get the negative diagnosis, when it seems like you don't know which way to turn, God is still good. because God is still God. And we don't worship him because of life circumstances, we worship him because of who he is. And if God never does anything else for us, he's already done enough. 
He's already given us the greatest gift of all, and that is when God himself stepped down into time, clothed himself in flesh, and became a man to save us from our sins. So the children of Israel, responded with reverence and trust. How will you respond to the faithfulness of God? How will you respond to the goodness of the Lord in your life? The Word of God always demands a response. The fact that you're here this morning is not an accident. God has a message for you. The message is simple. I'm God and I can be trusted. I can be trusted if you let me lead you. I can be trusted. You'll determine. I can be trusted if you let me fight for you. I've given my son Jesus Christ and he has already given and paid the price. And so I have proven myself that I can be trusted by the way that I save you. How will you respond to the faithfulness of God? And so on this first Sunday morning of a brand new year, a brand new decade, there's some of you here this morning who've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You know that your life is not what it ought to be. In just a second, as the ministry team is moving into place and prayer counselors are moving into place, they want to pray with you. There are men and women who are coming and moving into place because they want to share with you how you might respond to the faithfulness of God. Will you fear God? Will you trust God? And if you're here today and you've never made that decision, can I invite you to come and make the most important decision you can ever make in this life? <clears throat> to come, to recognize that He is God and you are not to recognize that this holy and righteous God who is perfect and, and without error and without flaw is also a just God who must punish sin. And all of us have within us this nature of sin, this rebellion, this opposition to God that separates us from him. But this God loved us so much that he himself came and dwelt among us and he himself came to save us from our sin. And while we celebrated Christmas, the only reason we celebrated Christmas is because this baby that was born would die. He would die for the sins of all mankind. He would die for every one of your sins. And bridge the gap between a fallen man and a holy God. And says, whosoever will. Whosoever places their faith and trust in me alone. 
I will redeem you back to the Father. And if you're here today and you're saying, I want to make that decision on this first Sunday of a brand new year, then let me invite you to come. Maybe you're here and you're saying, you know, I don't feel comfortable coming forward. I've got good news for you. There's a connection room, connection place in the back. I'll be there after the service. If you, you know you're not where you ought to be, then we invite you to come, but also to stop by the connection. Or maybe you're here today and you, God is leading you to this place. You know you're without a church home and God is leading you to this place. to grow and to develop and to, to be all that God wants you to be. And on this first Sunday of a brand new year, why don't you come? It says, I, I want to place my membership here. I'm, I'm being led by the Lord. They're coming. Why don't you celebrate God? Because there are some who are moving. Go ahead and celebrate God. Because even as they're coming, there are others. There's somebody here who needs to give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to invite you to come. We, don't, we can't stay all day, but we want, we're waiting on you. Will you come? Yes, Lord. Amen. You're looking for a church home, and God is leading you to this place. It's not a perfect church. There is no such thing as a perfect church. In fact, if it were perfect, the moment that you showed up, it would no longer be perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect church. If you're looking for a perfect church, you'll never, ever find a perfect church. That's right, brother. Amen. Amen. But there are people who love the Lord Jesus Christ and who wants to love you who want to walk with you through this journey called life, to encourage you, to pray with you, to join their resources and efforts with you as you grow and be all that God has called you to be. How will you respond to the faithfulness of God? Will you trust him? Will you fear him? Will you place your faith and trust in him and him alone? Because the word of God always demands a response.